You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Wednesday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And on today's show, we're going to be talking a little bit about the NBA draft. We have some recruiting news. Iowa lands its 2022 quarterback. And we're also going to be talking about the PFF all-conference team because it was a joke. So that is all coming up on the show today. If you haven't listened to the show before, welcome. And if you have listened to the show before, welcome back. And if you like the show today and you haven't done this already, please subscribe wherever you downloaded this podcast at. We love to continue to grow the show. But that being said, let's get into the talk for today. Uh, get a quick couple notes out real quick. Uh, we had Megan Gustin was cut, unfortunately, from the Mystics. Um, it was kind of expected. She was on an injury hardship contract, so basically a short-term contract. However, she played pretty well um, in three games, had a career high in minutes per game at 12.3, was shooting 60% from the field, 4.7 rebounds per game, and four points per game. Um, I think that was a pretty nice showcase, and she should be able to land on her feet pretty quickly. Iowa football and Iowa baseball recruit Brody Brecht was also named Gatorade Player of the Year. And we are all anxiously awaiting to see if Brody actually attends college. We have the MLB draft coming up very soon. We're going to find out the fates of several Iowa baseball players and obviously Brody, who is an Iowa baseball and an Iowa football recruit, currently being projected in the second to fourth round. So that is going to be very interesting to see what happens there for the young pitcher. As far as recruiting goes, Carson May, three-star quarterback by 24-7 Sports, unranked within their composite, um, holds offers to Old Dominion and Western Michigan uh, up until this point where he committed, just recently received the Iowa offer, um, I believe two days ago, and he has officially committed to the University of Iowa. Iowa lands its 2022 quarterback, and this is big news. When you get a quarterback that starts kind of solidifying the class, Iowa likes, if they can, to get a quarterback early, just like they did with Deuce Hogan. Um, even Alex Padilla was, was you know, decently early, if I recall. I'll have to check that to confirm. Um, Nate Stanley came in pretty late. But um, it's big, big deal to get Carson May, the sixth commit in the class. And, I, again, I expect this to continue to grow. We're up until the the last day or two of June. So I'm we're not going to get to my prediction of 10, most likely. I'm oh, sorry, we are the last day of June. I didn't realize we only had 30 days. Apologies there. Um, should really remember my – my first grade uh, calendar teachings. But this is the last day of June. Um, no more commits are expected today at this point. Um, but that's okay. I expect by the end of mid-July, we should be up to that 10 to 11 range. Iowa very much in the mix for several recruits. And again, I know we talked about this a lot, but several people have reached out to me about their concerns in regards to Iowa's recruiting class. And I just want to continue to reiterate, trust the process. This is a unique situation. There, a lot of these players either didn't get a junior season or barely had a junior season. They haven't had an opportunity to be seen in person. They haven't had an opportunity to go to a lot of camps. Uh, there are going to be a lot more guys than usual who show up their senior season, especially around the state of Iowa 
and the surrounding states. And there is no better school than Iowa at recruiting under-the-radar guys. George Kittle is a phenomenal example of that. Recruited as a wide receiver, gets a scholarship offer the last day, signs, ends up being an all-pro tight end. Right, So there is no better school at recruiting under-the-radar guys or guys late in the process than the University of Iowa. So hold tight, y'all. We're going to get some some good recruits in here. I have zero doubt about that. And again, back to the Carson May talk. As a junior in Oklahoma, passed for 3,007 yards, 26 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, and he also rushed for 650 yards on 129 attempts. See, what you can see there, at 6'5", 210 pounds, he's already got the pro-style build, but he's not just a, a sit back there and and get hit kind of passer. He's not a, and this is not a knock on Spencer Petrus, but Spencer Petrus is not a get out of the pocket kind of guy. Nate Stanley really wasn't either. Carson May, um, big and can move a little bit, and that could add another element to the, um, you know, to the offense for the Iowa football team. Uh, big thing there is, you know, he also has a big arm, but he's got to be able to get his feet set, got to be able to have the fundamentals correct when he's taking his drop back. So um, more to come, obviously, with Carson May. We're going to try to get him on the show if we can. But nevertheless, very excited for the Iowa football team to land their 2021 quarterback, a position that is obviously very integral to the development of a recruiting class and a position that does go off the board pretty quickly. Um, these are you know guys who have been recruited for years and years. Carson May, kind of a late bloomer in the sense from a recruiting perspective, but um, several big schools have been looking at Carson May. Could be a steal in this class. So uh, very exciting stuff for the Iowa football team. Moving over to the Iowa basketball team, Joby's Camp and Luca Garza did finish up their combine performances, and a NBA draft reporter did come out with a few nuggets and tidbits that I thought were very interesting, um, specifically in regards to Joey's camp. Here's what he had to say. This is John Hollinger from The Athletic. He said, Iowa wing Joey's camp was seen by most as a late second rounder and reportedly was still on the fence about whether to stay in the draft at all. Not anymore. Wieskamp had 26 points and 10 rebounds on the second day of a five-on-five, posted a respectable 30-inch no-step vertical and an impressive 42-inch max leap, and tore off a 3.04 sprint time. He still has to clean up his game off the dribble a bit and didn't have an assist in either game. But he made 8 of 13 three-point attempts after shooting 46.2% on threes this year, making it easy for scouts to envision him as a potential Duncan Robinson. Listed at 6'6 without shoes, Wieskamp also helped his evaluation by recording a 6'11 wingspan. So again, Joe Wieskamp is not returning to the Iowa Hawkeyes, but this is getting exciting. We're going to potentially get one of our, you know, our first first round pick in a very long time with Joe Wieskamp or Luka Garza, although John Hollinger did not have very nice things to say about Luka Garza, although I don't really agree with what he said. Um, he said, athleticism concerns about Iowa big man Luka Garza probably weren't helped any by his 24-inch no-step vert and 3.51 sprint time, both of which were the worst of any player tested. Despite a dominant college career, he's likely looking at being a late second rounder. I don't agree with that. I actually expect Luka Garza to go in the early second round. They're going to look at his athleticism, and yes, it is going to be a concern. But then you look at the production, the shooting ability, the fact that he it does have kind of a retooled body. And honestly, those numbers don't tell the whole picture. Um, those were not that far off of all the other centers and power forwards. You do not expect your centers and power forwards to be more athletic than your guards, you know, your wings and, and whatnot. And again, I've gone back to this. Luka Garza did not make this comparison, but I did. Uh, and obviously being in Denver, I watched the Nuggets. Nikola Jokic um, definitely butchered his last name. I always do. But he is a guy who was considered to be unathletic coming out um, into the NBA draft. 
And he is a guy who is thriving right now in the NBA. Luka Garza has that ability to shoot the ball. He is a skilled passer from the post. He is a willing defender. Maybe not the best defender, but a willing defender. Luka Garza is going to carve out a niche. And some NBA team is going to get very lucky to have Luka Garza on their squad. Because you know he's going to work tirelessly to be a competent NBA player. And again, I go back to the fact that he can shoot the three and he's very skilled around the basket too. This is a guy who it doesn't matter how athletic the person is next to him. He's going to figure out a way to get around him. He has schooled many of big 10 top centers. Why is it any different going into the NBA where center play is not as, not as strong as it used to be the right. There's no Shaquille O'Neal in the NBA. So Luka Garza, I think, has a better chance than what John Hollinger said. But again, Joey's camp is the big news here, moving up in the draft rankings. Also, Chad Ford, um, you know, hosts a podcast on the Lockdown Network. Also, has mentioned Joey's camp as a potential first-round pick. So again, Joey's camp moving up in the NBA draft process, which is phenomenal to see for the former Iowa basketball player. Coming up on segment two, we are going to get into the all-conference teams from PFF, starting with the offense. Segment three, we're going to do defense. Before we do that, though, you know I need to tell you about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have the computers. You have the ability to do this. Why not go to rockauto.com at your home and save some money? for your pocket. I went to rockauto.com actually yesterday because I needed some engine air filters and a cabin air filter. Again, you need to replace them apparently every 15 to 20,000 miles. And I saved 50 bucks by not going to the brick and mortar store. Rockauto.com saves you money. They have an amazing selection and they are a family owned business that's been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They literally have everything you could possibly want to go explore. They're easy to navigate website today and find all the parts you need. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, y'all, we are back for segment two of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. And as you might've saw, if you're on Twitter at all, PFF came out with their all big 10 team and I have several issues with their all big 10 team, but at first I want to get to the the good stuff. They named 11 Iowa Hawkeyes, which is a big 10 West tied or leading tied, whatever you want to call it. Um, amount. They also had Tyler Linderbaum and Kyler shot were named to their PFF all American team. Now here's where we get into some issues. There were several questionable decisions, and as we go through some of the positions, I want to talk about other guys who could stand out and break out in those spots. They did not have Spencer Petras at quarterback. That is shocking to literally nobody here um, that's been listening to the show. But at running back, they listed two running backs for each of the first team, second team, third team. So essentially, they listed eight running backs. There are 14 starting running backs in the Big Ten. They basically listed over half of the Big Ten. You would expect Tyler Goodson to maybe be two or three. Tyler Goodson was seventh or eighth. He was on the honorable mention team. Now, let me list out the names of people who was behind him or in front of him. Sorry. Mo Ibrahim from Minnesota. I'm okay. I don't, I'm not arguing that. I, he should be first team. Get it. Kenneth Walker III from Michigan State had 579 yards and a 4.9 yard per carry average last year. John Lovett. 
at Penn State, a transfer from Baylor as a junior had 655 yards and a 6.4 yard per carry average. As a senior, only had 130 yards. Hassan Haskins from Michigan, 622 yards, a 5.1 yard per carry average as a freshman, 375 yards and 6.1 yard per carry as a sophomore. Noah Kane, Penn State, 443 yards and a 5.3 yard per carry average as a freshman last year. He got hurt. Xander Horvath from Purdue, 442 yards on a 5 yard per carry average. He has had 861 yards total in three years and a 4.9 yard per carry average. Chase Brown from Illinois, 540 yards, 5.2 yard per carry average, and three touchdowns. That is freaking ridiculous. Tyler Goodson, last year, 762 yards on a 5.3 yard per carry average and seven touchdowns. He beats literally all these guys in almost every statistical category. And what you see on film is phenomenal. He makes tacklers miss. He is a key resource in the Iowa offense. And you you got to factor in the fact that teams could key on the run because the passing game was not very good. They were allowed to do single coverage against Iowa's good wide receivers because Spencer Peters couldn't get the ball to them. How does Tyler Goodson not get listed as first team here? Especially after last year being on the All-Big Ten team. I don't know. That, that to me, uh, that was without a doubt the biggest travesty on this entire freaking list was Tyler Goodson not being first team All-Big Ten. Again, this is all preseason stuff, but it just continues to be annoying when you see guys like a Tyler Goodson who puts in the work day in and day out and doesn't get the love that he deserves. Now, a wide receiver, I don't necessarily disagree with Tyrone Tracy Jr. not being on there yet, but this wide receiver group is uninspiring to me after the first team. Now, the first team, I have no complaints with. David Bell, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, these are all guys who could be first-round picks. Second team even, Ty Freifogel, Jahan Dotson, and Chris Ottman-Bell. All right, I'll give you that. The third team is Jackson Smith-Nigba from Ohio State, Ronnie Bell from Michigan, Bo Melton from Rutgers. Ronnie Bell had a really bad quarterback and only had 40, or had 48 catches as a sophomore. All right, I'll give you that, man. That's not bad. Bo Melton had 47 catches for Rutgers. Jackson Smith had 10 catches for 49 yards and one touchdown. Now, this is just a projection at this point. At honorable mention, we had Dante Demas from Maryland, Milton Wright from Purdue, and Rakeem Jarrett from Maryland. These guys had no more than 24 catches max between the three of them and no more than 400 yards, and that all was Dante Demas Jr. Milton had 24 catches for 305 yards. Rakeem Jarrett had 17 catches for 252 yards. Tyrone Tracy had terrible quarterback play last year, but the year before that had 36 catches for 589 yards while not starting. Tyrone Tracy is going to break out, and I would not be surprised for Tyrone Tracy to be a second-team All-Big Ten wide receiver this year if, and only if, Spencer Petras can improve his consistency and get Tyrone Tracy the freaking ball. That is the number one concern is can Spencer Petras get Tyrone Tracy the ball? If he can, Tyrone Tracy will be at least second-team All-Big Ten this year. I can see him having one of the best seasons in the history of wide receivers for the Iowa football team. At tight end, some of you might complain that Sam Laporta was second team all Big Ten behind Jake Ferguson. I'm fine with it. I don't I do expect Sam Laporta to possibly be, make that first team, but I'm not gonna complain about it right now. It's really, you know, people's opinions on that one. That's it's a uh, toss up there. I'm not upset about it. Sam Laporta um, at least getting some love there. On the offensive line, Kyler Schott checks in at first-team All-Big Ten, and so does Tyler Linderbaum. 
These are not surprises. I expected both these guys to be here. A couple other guys to watch out for. Cody Ink, uh, I, I think he is – Cody Ince, I should say, is a, a guy I would definitely watch out for, um, being able to play multiple spots along the line. Um, we could see uh, – again, I'm not a huge fan of of Jack Plum, but um, Jack Plum has been getting some, some love as well for his play. Uh, there's going to be at least one or two more guys from this offensive line who makes an all-Big Ten team. I have no doubt about it. That's just how – the Iowa offensive line works, and there are a lot of very talented offensive linemen, although unknown, very talented offensive linemen. So expect that to improve as well with this PFF All Big Ten team. Um, obviously, as we get more lists, we're going to break all those down because I think it's important to give you the projections and expectations going into the season. Also, as a, a heads up, something we did last year is we reviewed every single team, what they bring to the table, what are going to be the biggest weaknesses, and what we expect for those games. So we're going to be talking all about that over the course of July and August. And just a heads up, we are getting back to full-time in-season shows starting July 19th. So starting July 19th, we'll be back Monday through Friday. Up until then, we are here Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Coming up on segment three, we're going to get into the defensive side of the ball. I do want to tell you, though, about BuiltBar.com, the best-tasting protein bar on the market today. Built Bar is phenomenally tasting and just as good for you. They have nine delicious flavors plus an occasional limited time flavor such as white chocolate birthday cake with sprinkles. If you haven't tried a Built Bar yet, I'm not sure what else I could tell you about unless this is your first time listening. But if you have listened to the show many times and haven't tried a Built Bar, what are you doing? They have something for everyone. They got they got salty, they got sweet, they got fruity, and all these bars are covered in 100% chocolate. It's delicious and it's good for you. My favorite, again, is that white chocolate birthday cake with sprinkles. When they come out with that, you got to get your hands on it. That white chocolate birthday cake with sprinkles has 17 grams of protein, only 140 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Again, delicious and amazingly nutritious and good for you. So right now, get your hands on a Built Bar by going to BuiltBar.com and using the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, y'all, we are back for our third and our final segment of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast today. We're going to be running through the defensive side of the ball. And again, we had some atrocities on the offensive side of the ball, but it is PFF. But nevertheless, it gives us something to talk about on the show today. Defensive line. I have no expectations for anyone from Iowa being on the all-Big Ten interior defensive line, especially considering we lost our interior defensive lineman in Jack Heflin and obviously Davian Nixon. But a guy to watch out for is Noah Shannon. Um, he's had a very good camp. Y.A. Black is also a guy to be concerned about in terms of uh, what he could do to opposing teams. Both those guys, I expect, have an all-Big Ten nod in their future. At defensive end, though, this is where I got a little bit concerned. Why and how do you not list Zach Van Valkenburg on your all-Big Ten team? I just How do you not list him? He was all-Big Ten last year. He had a phenomenal season, and the fact that he came back is huge for the Hawks. All right. So according to Phil Steele, he is a first preseason, first team, all big 10 player. He is second team, all big 10 by Athlon sports last year. Again, second team, all big 10 by league coaches and media Fourth team, all big 10 by Phil Steele. He, uh, what, how does PFF leave Zach Van Valkenburg entirely off their list? Nowhere to be found. Not there at all. It's embarrassing. Um, I'm yeah. I just can't. I can't believe that. 
At linebacker, they did have Jack Campbell listed at honorable mention. I'm a bit surprised um, given the fact that I think there's a lot more hype internally about our linebacker group than externally. But again, I've said this for a while. Jack Campbell's a guy that could be breaking out. Also, the other main linebacker, Seth Benson, is another guy to watch out for. He is going to be um, a guy to reckon with. I'm really excited for both those guys and Justin Jacobs. Again, I've talked about this before on the show, but I think this linebacker group could be one of the best trios of linebackers Iowa's had in a very, very long time. Possibly, possibly better than the Josie Jewel, Ben Neiman, Bo Bowers trio that we had recently as well so that's gonna be a lot of fun but no no issues with that linebacker group at quarterback we kind of had an interesting maybe uptick on here riley moss as a first team all big 10 corner now i i do enjoy watching riley moss play but i know there's a contingent of fans who get very frustrated by watching riley moss play now whether that's legit or not whether it's still being frustrated by how some of his games went as a true gray shirt freshman i don't know Riley Moss as a first team, though, was a little bit shocking. I could see him being all Big Ten, but I was a little bit shocked to see him at first team on this list right now um, with Matt Hankins listed at honorable mention. Now, again, I I think from a defensive back perspective, I think all starting defensive back of the Iowa Hawkeyes could be on the all Big Ten team. I I actually truly believe that. Riley Moss, Matt Hankins, Dane Belton, Kayvon Merriweather, Jack Kerner, uh, you know, Xavier, there's, there's several guys who I think could all be all big 10 players. Um, Kayvon Merriweather was not listed on the team though, but Jack Kerner was listed at second team. And then again, no issues with any of that. I expect the other defensive backs, we're going to see more Iowa defensive backs on the all big 10 team than what PFS is currently predicting at this point at the specialist positions. Uh, zero surprise here at punter. Tory Taylor is first team, all big 10 and, I truly think Tory Taylor could be the Ray Guy Award winner this year. Um, I mean, you listen to his press conference. He had no idea what he was doing out there and was still crushing the ball. Imagine if he had some time to figure it out. I think he is going to be coming back even better than he did last year, which will be really fun to watch. Kicker, they did not have Caleb Shudok on there, um, but they did have an Iowa kicker. Supposedly, they listed the Northwestern kicker as an Iowa kicker. Um, again, PFF needs to do a better job of of looking at their article and actually reviewing it because that is just piss poor journalism in my personal opinion. Caleb Shudok, though, he's a guy to watch out for. I think he should be first team all Big Ten. I think he's going to come out of nowhere, kind of like Keith Duncan did um, two years ago. Uh, we've talked about this as well, but in, in the, the stuff coming out from LeVar Woods that Caleb Shudok and Keith Duncan were neck and neck the entire time. But Keith Duncan just had, you know, just had a little bit more. Caleb Shudok could be an all-American kicker. All right, that's that's how good he is. There's a reason he came back. He could be kicking in the NFL. Um, I have zero doubt about that. Watch out for him. I don't know why. My guess is they didn't list him simply because they don't know who he is. Right. And again, that's uh, that's that's fine. I get that. At punt returner, Charlie Jones was listed at second. Jahan Dotson was listed at first. Um, I I struggle with this. Uh, I know PFF doesn't really do a great job of analyzing return men. But I think if you watch what Charlie Jones did on tape, I don't know how you don't give him the first team nod, but I'll take second team nod. And again, expect him to do some big things, possibly in the kick return game as well. 
That does it for that list, though, from PFF. Um, let me know your thoughts. Let me know who you think is going to be all Big Ten this year. We'd love to hear from you all, um, the listeners of the show. And again, appreciate you all tuning in. If you want some more Locked On content, you got to check out the Locked On Today podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast app. And that will do it for our show today. I appreciate you all tuning in. We will be back on Friday. And again, if you like the show, give us that five-star review. Subscribe wherever you downloaded the podcast app. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a phenomenal Wednesday, Hawkeye Nation. And as always, let's go Hawks.